Welcome to the Lifting for Women Made Simple podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you achieve your health and fitness goals through lifting and sustainable solutions. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a loyal listener, get ready to learn, grow, and lift with us. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Key and Mang Audio Experience. I'm your host, Mang. As always, my fellow co-host, Key. Key, what's good? What's up? <laughs> what's goody? By the time this one comes out, it's going to be your birthday. So happy birthday off the, off the jump. Um, yes, yes. And this is, a, this is a, of course, and this is a little different one. So this is 26 lessons learned by Key over her 26 years. Sorry for putting your age out on blast like that, but um she got 26 lessons that she has learned over the years and we're just gonna discuss them i have no idea what they are so we're just gonna blind react and and see how it goes see what see what key see what wisdom key has to give us with her old 26 years (laughs) first of all lesson one i'm not that old (laughs) (laughs) you're actually older than i am but um my first lesson is always be your authentic self I always say this but no I really truly I truly believe this like I'm really big on authenticity but I think that comes from like growing up with alopecia and like hair loss because I feel like at that point you have no choice but to be yourself and be confident so I think that kind of sets the tone for like kind of how I think my mindset and then also the lessons to come was that hard, like growing up with and having having that confidence because um, of having alopecia, or is that something that you just had to grow into? I think that's something you got to grow into. So I got alopecia when I was like six, so like I had like a head full of hair, and then my hair started falling out. So then back then it wasn't like any wigs or stuff. Like most people, like now, like I tell them I have alopecia, they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's a wig." But like I'm so open about it. But that's because I was six. And it just happened like suddenly. And back then there was no like wigs or anything. So it was like kind of hard to conceal. Like people tell me I have cancer and stuff like that. So I think that made me like force me to be confident. Like there's like really nothing you can do. But, like that forces me to be confident. I also that, that forced me to be like more open about things. So that was always like explaining myself to people, like educating people on this. Cause I'm not, I don't have cancer. I have this. So like, I felt like I just was forced to be that way. So no, it wasn't always, it wasn't always something I was able to do, but I think if you're forced to do it, you do it. I think it's a, it's obviously you don't want anyone to go through that, but having the, the traits of resilience and, and confidence and learning how to talk to people um, at such a young age and then having that develop, I think that's, probably been very helpful as you've gotten older also yeah it ha- it has been helpful but that was like I would really say that's that's like my mom taught me that like she'll be like don't let people like tell you like like don't let people like talk bad about you or don't let people like tell you you have this when you don't have that like it's just like they don't know so it's up to you to educate them which is fine um at some point it did get annoying but um I like I dealt with it. It wasn't anything that was like life threatening. So it was it's fine. But it is it is hard. I know I see like online like people my age getting it and I'm like, it's fine. But it's easy for me to say that, but I don't know. 
but that's basically yeah. why I am the way I am today. Like the stuff I say on Twitter, I don't think people like realize like I'm saying it because that's truly what I believe. Like I'm not just talking shit. Like this is what I believe. Yeah, your your tweet about uh the strawberry lemonade from Wendy's. Your best tweet, best tweet yet. That was that was a that was one of my um not so great tweets. It didn't do well. A lot of people didn't agree with me. I don't think. Well, I agree like, with you. It's probably one of, one of the few I agree with you with. <laughs> That's not true. You just don't want to agree with me in public. <laughs> uh, I, I'll give you. I'll agree with you when when you're right. But if you're wrong, then you know I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know. I'm always right. You know this. <laughs> All right, that's okay. You just totally derailing the conversation. Go ahead, number two. <laughs> All right, uh, this is something that is it goes based off number one as well. Um, just be you. Either people are gonna like it and subscribe to it, or they're not. Either way, your life is gonna go on. Um, I feel like we get it's natural to like care about what people think and stuff, but I don't think it's good to dwell on it. For too long and I think that when you like really live in like your true self you're gonna have people that naturally like gravitate towards you and people that really don't agree with you and don't like you and I feel like it's best to have that because you really truly like know who's really there like out of their genuine like for you as opposed to you like conforming your personality to fit and like kind of not being sure if people like how you're acting or not. Like if you're pretty consistent, you'll have people that like you for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people can see when you're not yourself, like it just comes across whether it's your tone of your voice, your body language, and that affects how people see you and uh, which may or may not be important. But in terms of you, you being comfortable in your skin, I, I feel like that's, that's huge. You just being yourself, however quirky or goofy or, uh, mm-hmm. serious you may be in a individual or group setting you just gotta be true to that I, I like that yeah lesson three you can't make everyone happy um you can do things that people like really admire people like and at the same time that can also not be truly making you happy so you gotta do what really fulfills you so when you do things that you actually like it's easy for you to um, like be more fulfilled. But when you're constantly agreeing to do things you don't really want to do, constantly saying yes to things you really want to say no to, um, taking on obligations that you really have no interest in doing and living out someone else's like desires, you're never going to be happy. So um, understanding that you can't make everyone happy and just accepting that and trying to like really put your desires first because in the long run, that's what's going to, like fill up your cup I think that's like key I would say like a lot of times I would be saying yes to things I don't want to do like now I have no issue well sometimes I feel bad for it but more often than not I have no issue saying no to things I don't want to do which is like it's like taking like a burden off of me like now I'm just like whatever like, I don't want to do it I'm not doing it and mm-hmm. it's easier it's easier that way yeah hard skill to hard skill to learn something I gotta get better at what are some of the things that you desire or that you're passionate about? Um, I'm passionate. I realize I'm passionate about teaching. I like teaching and like educating. 
um, which it doesn't seem like I do, but that's why I like to have like a fitness component. I mean, a fitness education component in my brand because I do enjoy like teaching uh, people things that aren't really known or teaching people about like stereotypes out there, at least in my field. Um, I'm also passionate about family. Like I like um, spending time with my family. I'm really passionate about travel. Um, those are my those are my main things. What about you? Family as well, traveling, sports, probably my, probably my, my three. I would say that my interest in sports has quite kind of like dwindled. I don't know. Like I can watch games now. I used to watch every game, but like up until like two years ago, I think like in PT school, I bought league pass and I didn't even use it. I used to watch every game, and then one year, like, I just stopped watching. So now, like, I would love to go to sporting events, but I definitely would say I'm not as passionate about watching sports as I was before. But I think that's just because I'm not a good multitasker. Like, I, I go to work, I come home, I get on my computer, and then I can't watch a game and do what I got to do. Mm -hmm. But I think if I had more time, I would be more into sports. I think okay. more, more, not more, I was thinking more so, like, slang them. And not necessarily watching them. Mm -hmm. I think watching watching them now just it takes so much time. The three hours, three and a half hours to for a football game or three hours for a basketball game, like that's a lot of time. There's a lot of things to be done. So I don't really be watching sports like that anymore either. Yeah. Um, and then playing sports, you know, you know, I'm a I could beat you on one on one, but I don't wanna retire come out of retirement for that. Number four, number four, <laughs> number right. five. All right. We ain't like gonna go down this road. <laughs> I feel like my lessons are very cliche, but here we go. Um, being self-aware is key. Like I feel like at this point, there's very few things somebody could tell me about myself that I don't already know, and I think that makes it easier to um, live out lesson number three of doing what fulfills you and understanding. Um, you can't make everyone happy. I feel like once you're self-aware enough to know the things that you don't enjoy or like if you do one thing and it's going to make you feel that way, like you kind of have an idea of like what fulfills you, what doesn't make you feel great. So once you become more self-aware, I feel like it's easier to live out like how you truly want to live, like live out your true, true desires instead of trying to appease other people. But I feel like you can't get to that point unless you are very self-aware. I don't think self-aware... Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't think being self-aware is like I think it's a continuum. I don't think like there's one day where you feel like you're 100 percent self-aware. I feel like there's always things you're continuously learning about yourself as you go on. But the more you do, the easier it is to tailor your life around what you truly like or how you truly envision it. And I feel like we've talked about being self-aware a lot and how it's a major key, but how does one improve their own self-awareness about themselves or their situation or how do you do it in your day-to-day -day? um i would say reflecting like i think this year i've done a lot more reflecting than i have in the past but um i feel like with this year let's say with journaling and kind of seeing how certain situations worked out and be like hey probably that was my fault this time around i'm, I'm not going to do it that way or just taking note of how certain things make you feel and always trying to 
um, I guess like tweak it for the next time. Um, so I think journaling has helped that. Um, I don't think it's something that you have to necessarily do every day because I feel like sometimes experiences are kind of drawn out. Like, for example, like say like a relationship, you're not going to continuously reflect every single day. But if something does happen, you can take time to reflect and um, try to make things different the second time around. But without the reflection, you can't really do that because you have no feedback on how something went. So I would say reflecting, even if it's like once a month, reflecting on how that month went for you, um, how certain situations went for you. I think that has that has helped. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I think, you know, you've been very intentional with how you're going to take the time to make sure that you get your journals in or you write write down what you've been thinking about and how you're going to change it for the next 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 time a situation similar to that comes along. Yeah, that's 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 been key. That actually helps like feel like your mental isn't as heavy being journal. I feel like that's when I like write the the best content and when I feel like the best. Like two weeks ago I journaled every single day and that was probably the best week I had in like months. And then this week I didn't do it as much and I definitely didn't feel as great. Um but that in itself, like I know that. So like that in itself is a feedback loop. Like now I know what to do for next week. Mm -hmm. Um, lesson five. Positive momentum is crucial. I feel like it's so easy, it's so hard to come back from negative momentum or like feeling stagnant. So once you figure out what you can do to build momentum momentum in your life, I feel like you have to really um, try to replicate that every chance you get. So what I mean by that is like just taking a small action when you don't feel like doing something builds momentum for you to keep going. So when I don't want to do something, like I try to do like the smallest thing possible to get me to want to do something. Maybe it won't be I like make my bed and then like I start to do everything I want to do, but that'll like set the tone for me to do something tomorrow as opposed to if I did nothing, I'm just going to stay in that rut. And I feel like this year I was in a rut for a couple times. And whenever I did nothing, it just took forever to get out of it. Like I was just in a funk. And then when I started to do little things, even if it wasn't exactly the activity I needed to be doing, that helped me eventually get to that point. So it's a lot easier to carry positive momentum than it is to get out of negative momentum. It's like rolling a snowball down the hill. It's gonna exactly. build up. It's it's gonna build up over time. Just need to give have enough of a slope to to let the snowball build. But if you're trying to push it up the hill, it's gonna take a long time because it's gonna keep getting bigger and bigger, and eventually it's gonna bring you back down the the hill because it's too heavy. Exactly. So, uh, I think that was key for me this year. Um, lesson six. Informal education is just as important, if not more important, than formal education. I think people Ooh. think that their education stops when they complete whatever level they want to get to, like whether you complete high school, college, whatever. I feel like even though if even though you're not in a formal um, schooling or formal curriculum, you still should be learning things because, especially in 2022, like there's so many things you can learn in order to um, elevate your life, elevate your skills that doesn't require a formal education. Um, and also just knowing that learning things informally allows you to meet other people. 
like I try to know a little bit about anything because like in our job we're encounter we're like we're encountering so many people of different fields. You don't want to not be able to have a conversation with somebody. Like you want to know, be able to know something so that like that opens the door for them to start talking. You know, people love to talk about themselves. Um, and then that also leads to networking opportunities. Like when I go out, I'm always talking to people because one, I'm trying to learn. And also most of the times I do know something about something they're interested in. Um, so my friends are like, how do you get to talk to that person? I was like, I don't know. We just talked about whatever. Yeah. And I just knew one thing about it. So I think that really helps with um, like building relationships and also networking. But just in general, you never want to stop, stop learning. So I definitely, what some, what's up? What were some of the skills that you learned this year? I something learned. That, something that you learned, yeah. What did I learn? I learned about um this thing in in real estate. It's called the, how is it called? A HELOC, a home equity. I forgot what it's called, but it's basically a loan that you can take out I think through like equity you have in your current home and use it to buy something else. So I remember I was talking to this older woman I had in um, the clinic and she does like commercial real estate. And I was like, oh, I'm interested in real estate. Um, like, how did you get into it? And she was like very like closed off about it, like day one. Like, I think people don't like you asking about what they do, especially like older people. But whatever, I was working with her for like, a month and then we started talking about it again and I was asking her to like explain how she acquired all of this I was like did you use like a HELOC and she was like no I didn't need to use that um like I had all this cash from my ex-husband so I just purchased the property but I think if I didn't ask that question if I didn't know what it was we would have never been talking about that so I think that was cool that was a cool example of what I'm talking about and then um also with like stocks, like knowing a little bit about stocks and how how it works, like just like what the market is doing now. Like I've I've sparked conversations with people about that, and that's all informal education. That's not anything I learned in school. That's just things like I read about, and I think that's allowed me to build like small relationships with people, conversations. I like that. I like that. Stay curious. Yeah. Stay curious. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely I definitely like doing that. Um, Next one. Mm -hmm. All right. It's not about who you know, it's who knows you. So who you know is important because it can get you into doors. But if that person that has the ability to open the door for you doesn't know you, then you're likely not going to um, get the opportunity. And also people who know you and like they like you, they tend to speak highly of you in rooms that you're not in. And that's how you get into certain places. Like I did not get my current job because I applied for something like my CI's manager knew the director and then they just called me up for an interview. I didn't even apply. People are like, how do you apply to your job? I'm like, I don't know. I think they think I'm lying. <laughs> but I don't know how to apply. I don't even know the website because I didn't apply. I just knew somebody. They knew me. <laughs> You know what I mean? So like <laughs> that just shows like it's not it's not all about who you know, it's who knows you. Yeah, I think I think uh you do go work. You you do go work and it follows you. You just gotta stay consistent with it. And eventually the work that you put in 
this, the seeds that you plant are going to grow. You just got to give them some time or keep planting your seeds. Exactly. Um, so I think that was a cool one. I actually heard that that term, I mean, that quote on billionaire mindset. And I'm like, yo, that is so true. Because that was around the uh, time I, I got my job. I think I tweeted about it and everything. Um, but yeah, that's a fact. I like I like yeah. that one. I heard I heard that on the the Earn Your Leisure podcast with Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey is the one that put me on that. Yeah, it's it's true. There's a lot of truth to that one. All right, number eight. Lesson number eight. Lesson ocho. <laughs> All right, you are your best investment. You'll never make a better investment than money and time spent on yourself. I think when people hear of investing in themselves they think of they either think of self-care or they think of like directly spending money when investing in yourself could be like reading books that could be your physical health your mental health it doesn't have to be money so you don't have to have like miscellaneous money sitting around to invest in yourself um that's the first thing and then the second thing I want to say about this is I think a lot of the opportunities that I've gotten a lot of exposure that I've a lot of things that I've exposed myself to has come from investing in things like investing in um, like courses. Like that's how we met investing in um, like personal training, like for myself, because I wanted to learn. So all those things came from investing in myself and that has translated to other areas of my life as opposed to just like spending my time like senselessly. So I think if you can invest in yourself, like that's the best return on investment you can get. I like that. I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot. What were, what do you, what was your most memorable investment this year that you've made? My most memorable investment. Like the most impactful or most memorable as in like how much time or money I paid that I can't forget. Uh, the <laughs> most, most, most impactful, most impactful. Um, I think my most impactful investment this year was, I would say, investing in uh, business coaching. I think that... Why? Because I think it put me in, in a community of people that like you see them on like social media, you see their content, you see them like doing things. So like you assume that they're doing well. But once I got into the community and saw like the numbers they were pulling, like I'm like that. That was like inspiring. So like that, I think I'm a person mm -hmm. that really benefits from like seeing things happen. So although I'm not there yet, I think that if I had to invest all over again, I would do it again because. Like now I like see like the behind the scenes of what everyone's doing. And I also realize that they're not too much different from mine, from like how I am. So like that mm -hmm. puts things into perspective and show and shows me that like I could do it too. And sometimes so, all it takes just being in the in the in the room with other people who are yeah. doing like, like say, crazy stuff. 20k months is crazy. 20k mm -hmm. months in healthcare is, is wild. Like when I was seeing that, I'm like, damn, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was probably the most memorable um, investment. And I haven't made all my money back on the, the money I've invested into it, but I would still do it again because I feel like that I feel like I'm going to eventually like 
make that money back and more. Mm-hmm. So I would I do like it again. that. I like that. Lesson nine. There will never be a perfect time. So I think we try to wait for like the ideal time to do stuff in our life when there's always going to be something that comes up. You're always going to be busy. Um, so you might as well learn how to like manage through those times. Like for example, like right now, when it comes to like my business, people are like, yeah, I'll wait till the new year to start. Or um, <laughs> I don't want to start next to the holidays. Like the holidays aren't going to be here another time. Like the holidays are just something that happens in 2022. It's not going to happen in 2023. Like what's going to be the difference? So I feel like once you learn how to manage whatever you're trying to do during like your busy seasons or like times where you feel like it's not the right time to start. That's going to make it so much easier to do it when you're not as busy or you don't have as, I mean, when you have more time or things like that. So there's never going to be a perfect time because um, life, we life in and stuff happens. So <laughs> you might as well just do it now. Seriously. That's a, that's a harmony tree, right? Right. Uh, learn how to do stuff when it gets hard so that the easy stuff gets easy when it's not a, something like that. Yeah, you were yeah. talking about like the last thing. I was like, Hormo Alex Hormo just said something about something like tweeted something like that. I like his stuff. I, I really yeah, like he's his good. stuff. He's good. Um, lesson ten. This is a uh, piggyback off of lesson nine. The time mm -hmm. is going to pass, so just do it. And I think back to when I graduated undergrad and I was applying for. Well, I was about to graduate undergrad. I was applying for PT schools, and I told my mom like. I don't want to go straight to school. Like, I'm just going to take a year off and, like, you know, I'll just apply next year. She was like, hell no. Like, your ass is going to school, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> I applied and I got into school, but I really didn't want to, I really didn't want to go because I think I was graduating like May 5th and I started PT school like June 3rd or something. So I literally had less than a month off. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I just did four years of school. You're telling me I'm going straight into a doctorate program. Like, I didn't want to do it. But she was like, Listen, like you're not missing on at home. The time is gonna pass. Three years later, the people that you're worried about or whatever you want to do is still gonna be here, and they're probably gonna be doing the same thing they're doing today. And I was like, you're right. So went to school, did it, and honestly, if I would have took that year off, I probably would not have went to PT school. Like that, it's so hard getting back into school mode after like taking time off. So I probably wouldn't have went back. So. Um, the time is definitely going to pass, so just do it. And then also with the whole Keep It Fit business, I was like, I'm just going to like record my PT experience on Instagram, but I'm not going to do any business thing. Like I'm going to wait until after school to do it. But what's the difference between me being in school and me being out of school? When I get out of school, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to wait till I have more time from work. Like I'm too busy right now. Now I have to work. And then, like, the next thing comes up. So there's always going to be something that's, like, stopping you from doing something. And it's never going to be a perfect time. And then also you have to realize whether or not you do it, the time is still going to pass. So you might as well spend the time doing it. Shout out to Mama Adams. Mama Adams be dropping some wisdom, huh? Yeah, she be dropping some wisdom. She's a little cuckoo, loco. Hey. <laughs> 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 yeah, but she she be dropping so wisdom. Uh, I I like it. I think I think 
um, the time does go by fast. The days go by short. The time, the years go by fast. But once you start to figure out what you want, it makes it easier to lock in and, and go get it. I think there's just a lot of lack of clarity as to what you want. And that's what makes it hard to hard to lock in. Let's say if you've been out of school for five years and you decide, hey, I want to go be a doctor. I want to go be an engineer. Like if you know exactly what you want to do and how, what you need to do to get there, I think it makes it easier. But it just comes with that clarity first and understanding what you need. And exactly. I understand that nothing's going to wait. Time's going to keep going. The days are going to keep passing by. You just got to pick today and, and get after it. Yeah, and I do think that, like, now it's easy to say that, but I think, like, graduating, undergrad, I was still young, not you, you're old, but I was still young, and I feel like, although I didn't have clarity, <laughs> although I didn't have clarity, I feel like sometimes you need, like, somebody older to, like, tell you, like, no, you're going to do this because the time is going to pass, and then when you look back, you're like, damn, they were right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you don't have the clarity, so having the support system to tell you, like, nah, you need to do this because you'll see eventually. I think that's... And then it comes to you too. And then it comes back to you to, to like listen to the advice that's being given to you. And so at the end of the day, it's your choice. You do what you do with the, with the information that you get. Exactly. Um, what number am I on? I don't remember. <laughs> All right. I'm on lesson 12. All right. Letters after your name don't make you successful. Nobody cares about the letters after your name. Only people in your field and people outside of your field, like your customers, only really care about how you can help them. So when I was going through school, I was like, I'm going to do like a sports residency or ortho residency after. Um, and then now that I think about it, I don't even think I really wanted to do it because of what it offered. I think it was more so like the, the specialty aspect of it. And then now I'm still kind of torn in between wanting to, to like pursue a specialization, but also realizing every day more and more that people really don't care about your the letters behind your name. So if you're doing it for that reason, it's pretty much um, senseless. And then if you can also help the people you want to help without doing that, then you really have to find out the true reason why you want to do it if you can help them already. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think it... Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I used to think that like people cared like about like DPT and all this stuff. And now I'm realizing that one, a lot of people don't know what a, what a physical therapist really does. And then also they just want to know if you can help them. Like they don't care if you're a personal trainer, if you're a physical therapist, if you're anything, like they really don't care. And like the more I realize that, the the more I'm just like, nothing really matters. Like except my skill set, like, if I know how to actually help them and convince them that I know how to help them. That's the only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think it goes back to one of your earlier points. Like, the extra letters, if you're trying to get into, like, say, if you get your SCS, you're trying to get into professional sports or college sports, could be helpful. But I think it also goes back to who you know or who knows you and the kind of value you provide to your people, because if someone let's say if someone in, for the next knows that you're a really good PT and they're looking for a performance therapist or someone to head their <laughs> director of rehab or something then they'll be like well there's Keani Adams in Connecticut who does really good work and has been able to work with a lot of good people and they all have good things to say 
And just like kind of how you got your job, it can lead to similar similar opportunities just because you do good work and you can provide the results that people are looking for or that people find valuable. Exactly. So I think once I got out of my head about that, I'm not as like pressed to do one, even though I still think I'm interested in, in pursuing one. I'm just like, eh, I don't really know. So um, that was my lesson within the last like five years, I would say. Lesson number 13. This is a, a long one. Once I explain it, um, know how know who to take advice from, um, and I think this is important because social media has a lot of people who aren't really experts portraying themselves as experts in certain fields and giving advice. So you got to be able to like have discernment and like kind of vet them out and really see if that advice applies to you. And then also outside of social media, you do have to like just know who to take advice from in general because you know what I'm saying? Like people project their fears onto you, their fears and insecurities onto you. So that's really true. And when it comes to like people around you, I don't think it's anything malicious, but you still have to be able to kind of navigate through the advice, like decipher it and see if there's something that um you should listen to. And I always say that there's certain types of people who I don't listen to or don't take advice to, something I tweeted. So I'll read you them. Uh, people who aren't where I want to be in life, people who don't have what I aspire to have in life, people who haven't accomplished or are on track to accomplish what I strive to accomplish, people who don't have the necessary experience to be advising me in that area. Um, and in my experience, I've noticed that most of the time people discourage you or try to talk you out of doing certain things is because they fall into one of those categories. I'm not saying that someone who hasn't done something can't give you sound advice. I just think more times than not, they're giving you bad advice or telling you to do something else because either they weren't successful in it or they don't really know what they're talking about. So I try to live by that. Um, I'm really big on going to the expert for help and not just somebody who doesn't really have an idea of what they're talking about when it comes to that field. So um, I think knowing who to take advice from is crucial to being successful because somebody can really talk you out of doing something you really want to do. And a lot of times it's not, it's not necessary. You just got to know who to listen to and find the right people to ask for advice from. So when it comes to things that you're not as familiar with or you're seeking advice or guidance from how do you go about vetting whether someone knows what they're talking about and is going to be able to help you one if they are doing it like if they're doing it themselves i'm going to want to know how they do it um so for example with like <clears throat> business coaching there's tons of business coaches out there you can find one easily on um, the internet, but if you're someone who works with somebody trying to open a clothing line, I'm not going to ask you to help you with my healthcare or fitness related business. I'm more so going to do something like look for somebody that's more uh, niche specific and go from there. And then also seeing who they've helped in the past and like the results that other people have gotten and also the results that they've gotten for themselves. 
I like that. I like that because I, I feel like there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of people on socials that like will front about what they offer and what they do and like the life that they're living. Like social media is a big highlight reel. And so it's easy to get uh, led astray or like have someone like asking the wrong or going to the wrong people for advice. So I think it's important to be able to know who is legit and who is just like bullshitting you. Um, and I, that's why I asked that question because I feel like there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of business coaches, a lot of fitness experts, there's a lot of quote unquote experts. And I think you're right. If you can find the expert in that particular field, then you just streamlined your process of having to get rid of all the fluff and all the mistakes that, that were that were made along their path and they can teach you what they did to get to where they're at. You probably just gonna have to put some kind of investment in there, whether it's monetarily, whether it's you know, whatever it may be, whatever it is, but you probably gonna have to pay some sort of currency to get that information. But it's gonna help you save you a lot of time in the in the back end. Exactly. <clears throat> Number Lesson number 14, repetitions don't have to take a long time. And I guess there's two parts to this. Repetitions don't have to take a long time. So we all know this, the like saying, like you have to put your 10,000 hours or 10,000 reps in to master a skill. Um, I think that is true. But I feel like when you hear the word 10,000, you're like, that's going to take me five years when in actuality it can take you less than that i mean i don't know what the math is but like generally speaking like you can improve upon a, a skill with less hours as long as you're doing quality repetition so i say all that to say it's not all about the time it's more so about the quality of time you're spending doing something i feel like people get wrapped up in like just doing like fake busy work and saying oh i did this many hours on this i'm a i'm a master i'm an expert like no how much time did you actually put in how much like deep focus work did you put in not the quantity of hours mm -hmm. like quality over quality i mean reps are reps are good though but if you as long as that goes back to your your self-awareness and being able to understand all right this is what went well this didn't go well this is where I need to improve for the next time I do this and implement that for the next time. So you can continue to reinforce the good things that are happening, but also work on being more precise or less wrong with the stuff that didn't go as well. Yep. Lesson 15. If you want to suck less at something, do it more. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking to myself right now because <laughs> I've been saying I'm not good at sales forever. So like now I told you earlier, like I have to get on the phone with five people and not, it's not even a sales call. Just get on the phone with five people and figure out their desires and their goals and just give them two or three pointers to help them move forward. So I'm doing that to get better at something that I feel like I'm not good at. So the only way for me to improve upon that is to just do it more. And I think if I suck at something now, if I do it 20 times, I'm probably going to be a lot better than I am now. So that's what I've, what I've learned, especially during, during like all of my schooling. It's like kind of like studying. Like the first time you see something, 
you don't know it, you don't know anything. And then the more you look at it, the more you review it, the more you put time into it, you get better at it. Like it's inevitable. You just have to make yourself do it. So if you want to suck less at something, Brent, do it more. Mm -hmm. I think Brennan Smith talked about this when we had him on the pod too, about how he started out. Um, it was pretty, pretty, started out pretty low, but he just kept going at it, going at it, going at it. Maxing out credit cards, taking courses, doing what he had to do to get there, and eventually, hundred k, two hundred k, trying to do like it just builds over time if you just stick with it. It's just hard. It's hard to. It's hard to stick with it. That's one of my points it, too. My lessons. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll get to it when it gets there, huh? Yeah, we'll get there. It's a surprise. <laughs> All right, lesson number sixteen. Um, it's not about if you fall off the wagon, it's how long you take to get back on. I like this one because I think so many times we fall out of routine, uh, we start something and then stop and then never start again. So I feel like that's like normal, especially when you're trying to learn something new. Like what you've been doing, you've been doing the same thing for X amount of years, it's hard to implement something that's totally new. So it's understandable why you keep starting and stopping but it doesn't really matter how many times you do that as long as like if you fall off the track as long as you get back on track as soon as possible like you're going to see a lot more progress as opposed to if you just fall off track uh, pick it up again in like two months so I always tell my um, clients that especially when it comes to like exercise and especially around the holidays now like it's totally fine if you mess up but if you're dieting, if you're doing workouts and you skip the workouts, totally fine if you do that. You just don't want to let it carry on into the new year. Like you want to get back on track as soon as possible. So it doesn't matter if you fall off track. It doesn't matter if you fall off the wagon. It just matters how long it takes for you to actually restart and get back on. So when you have a detour in your, whether it's business, whether it's personal, whether it's fitness, what do you do to get back on, on track, back on the right path? Um. What I do is I'll, like, make a plan for the next day. Like, this weekend, I'm totally off track because I was supposed to work out before I taught my mobility class yesterday. I didn't work out. So, and then this morning, I didn't work out. So, tomorrow, I already have my schedule of what I'm going to do. Like, so, yes, it took me, it's taken me two days to get back on track. But I have an action plan set for um the next day so that I don't allow it to prolong because then you start getting to that negative momentum stuff and it's hard to get out of it. So if you could nip it in the butt as soon as possible, I would do that. Um, that's when it comes to like my fitness stuff. But when I feel like I'm out of routine, when it comes to like personal stuff, I'll literally just not do nothing. Like, just not do nothing and think and be like, I'm just taking this time today for myself and then tomorrow I'll start. I feel like we, well, at least I feel like I need to be doing something all the time. And sometimes, mm -hmm. like, doing nothing is better for your mental than doing something. So that's what I do. And then the next day, I'll be feeling like a new person. So like, sometimes I just need yeah. to, to withdraw, like, to, to step away. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. To, I, I found this for myself, too. Because I'd be, like, trying to, I'd be so tired during the week that on the weekends, I'd be trying to, like, jam pack everything until I got my lists are like humongous but then I'm like like yesterday I, I was supposed to be how is this plan of stuff to do 
And I got home and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to chill. I'm going to eat. I played some Spider-Man. Took it easy. And it was nice. It was nice. I think, yeah, I, li- I like your point on that. I think that's a good point to bring up. Like, you don't got to be on go all the time. It's yeah. okay to recharge your battery, do stuff that you enjoy, do stuff that's not stressful, and then come back at it when you're ready. Yeah, Just one of my friends, <laughs> one of my friends told me, uh, she was like, like, you don't know how to have fun. Like, you don't know how to, how to um, unwind. What are you talking about? I'm going to unwind. But no, I really, I really think I struggle with that, so. Uh, when I do feel like I'm off track when it comes to certain things, I really, really just do nothing now when I wasn't doing that a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you get older? You start to understand. Yeah. It's one of the, <laughs> the keys, the keys of getting older. <laughs> exactly. Um, next one. Number 17. Perception is everything, even though people like to make it seem like it's not. Image and perception is everything, even though people like to make it seem like it's not. Um, and I think J. Cole said it perfectly in one of his songs. He was like, image is everything I see. It got a lot to do with the way people perceive and what they believe. I think that's so true, even though like people like to say, don't judge a book by its cover and all this stuff, which is true as well. But at the same time, it is human nature to look at something, make a um assumption and then let that kind of sometimes let that impact how like you think about the person and I feel like that plays a role in like business and that plays a role in healthcare even though people do not like to admit it. Um and I think that that also plays a role into how much you buy into something. Yes you can buy into things that like products that aren't necessarily portrayed how do I want to say this? You can buy into things that the person that are that's like selling it doesn't really align with it. Like that's that's a thing. Like you can buy into it, but I think when you walk the walk and when you look like you know what you're talking about, when you fit the part, that makes a big difference for people. Like they buy in more, and that all goes back to like image and perception. What's the image that you feel like you're trying to create for yourself that you want other people to see? The image that I want to create is that um, I think that like you can, as a female, as a woman, you can hit the gym and be any kind of way. Like You don't have to be skinny. You don't have to look like a man. You don't have to be bulky. Um, you can really like be whoever you want to be. Like it doesn't have to be like a a man thing. At least in my in my business, that's what I want to portray. Um, I also want to portray living a life that is unrestricted. Like you don't need to conform to any diet, any type of workout. Like you can kind of be free flowing and still be fit. Um, and I think that. I think I do a good job of that because I'm not one of the people that's online like, oh, I don't drink, I don't eat fried food, I don't eat a Big Mac. Like, like live your life and you can still be, <laughs> you can still be, you can still be fit. Um, I think I portray, I think I portray that well on um, social media. Um, and then when it comes to my like personal life, like I just think that like you should really 
move how you like really want to. Like you shouldn't like have to conform based off of like other people's opinions. Um, you can be you. Like if you don't feel like doing something, you don't have to do it. Like I think that like my personal brand is more so like just living living freely despite like having like high titles or like being a healthcare professional. Like nobody gives a fuck about that. You're a regular person. That's what I want to portray. I like I that. think I do that. Uh, I think I think you do a good job of that. I don't know you if it's do doing me any good, but I have to live with that. But it's going to bring the people that you want to be with, be in your circle at the end of the day. People are going to respect you or want to hang out with you because you're you. Kind of like what you got to one of your earlier points. Like if you're you, people are going to love you, people are going to hate you, that's okay. But the people that are going to rock with you are going to rock with you because you're 100% you. Yeah, so that's the image I want to portray. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Number 18, never let someone's reputation discourage you from asking for advice. Um, I used to be like, oh, I'm not going to ask them, like hit them up and ask them a question. They have like X amount of followers. They're not going to respond, all that stuff. And I feel like, like we really need to take advantage of the type of climate we live in in, in regards to like the digital era. Because now we have access to literally anybody that we literally wouldn't have access to before. And people are literally just people. They bleed the same way as you. They cry like you. Like they're just, they just have X amount of followers. They have like a higher perceived status when none of that actually matters. And a lot of times people are really cool and down to earth and they want to help. So definitely shoot your shot and ask questions because um, somebody's status doesn't mean mean anything and then more more times often more times than not they do want to give advice and they are willing to help you yeah i mean and you've also i think we've both done this for just for this podcast and some of the guests that we got on <laughs> like some people we have no idea <laughs> who they are but shoot a shot and shoot on instagram or twitter and they're like yeah of course and you're like oh and then you like learn something about a person that you had no idea about and what they offer and what they bring to the table and you're like wow if i hadn't asked about this then i don't learn this stuff i don't have things that i can implement in the future so all the worst they can do is not respond and that's fine you're just going to keep asking questions but somebody's going to respond eventually exactly um and i think i think i i act like that at my job as well like people are like scared to like talk to doctors or like they get like starstruck when it's doctors I'm like bro they're regular ass people <laughs> so like <laughs> they're regular people um so like I try not to put anybody on a pedestal and I try to like if I want to know something I'm gonna ask even if you have five million followers like you never know um just try to like take advantage of like the times that we're living in and realizing that people are just people at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Lesson 19. I think we kind of talked about this, but I guess it'll be redundant. Uh, people project their fears onto you, but when it's family, I don't think it's anything malicious. They just want what's best for you in the way that's safe and stable. So um, there's been times, not many times now, because my parents know that like I'm kind of like a risk taker, but 
there's been times where I'll like go <laughs> go against what my parents are saying kind of. and some yeah they'll <laughs> Yeah, kind yeah. of, kind of, okay. Continue. there'll be times where I'm going against what they are advising and a lot of times it'll work out so um, I don't think it's something that um, we need to be mad about but I do think you need to understand like where the advice is coming from and that it's not that they don't want you to succeed they just don't want you to see you in a, in like a spot that is harmful whether that's like mentally physically financially um, so that's why they give you that advice For sure. And sometimes it's, it's okay to to fail, to mess up. It's just about how you get back on, how you get back on track and what you learn from it. Um, I think sometimes it's hard when you hear stuff from people that are close to you. Yeah, um, It's hard to, to hear that other side and open yourself up to the other perspective. But if you really believe after what you're going for, you got to be able to, to live with whatever decision, whatever the outcome is, because you don't want to look back 10, 15, 50 years from now and like, man, I wish I would have done this, but they told me not to do it because it was X, Y, Z. Um, just be comfortable living with the results that you make, but make sure that, you know, you have a plan for whatever outcomes happen, good or bad. Exactly. Um, lesson number 20. Well, we're in the 20s now, okay. Um, it's actually merit and not listening. So I think that it takes a lot of courage to be told to not do something and then go ahead and do it. Like, I kind of like doing stuff like that, not going to lie. Um, cause I think it's cool. Like, you're telling me I can't do it or I shouldn't do it. Now I'm going to see why I shouldn't. Um, <laughs> so... But no, for real, I think there is is like merit in doing that because a lot of times you see what you want to do or like what you kind of want to create and it's not anybody else's vision but yours. So it's hard for them to see that. So that's why they tell you not to do it. But there's been like, there's been plenty of times where I've been told like, oh, you, sh you should wait to do this. You should wait until you have this in line to do that. And I'm just like, why can't I do it now? Like, like what's what's stopping it like I don't think it's going to make a difference if I do it now if I'll do it later so let me just do it um and uh, and I think more times than not it works out my way as opposed to the way that other people are telling me it's going to work out so um I think it is a good trait to have to not like have the ability to not listen to people Kind of blast to your to your last one, but yeah, I like it. I like it. yeah Um, number 21, run your own race. Like you said, social media is a highlight reel. Um, I tweeted this the other day. It was like, if you ever saw like an athlete's highlight tape, you don't see misses, you don't see turnovers, you don't see them falling, you don't see them getting crossed. Like you don't see that. So why would you expect other people on social media to to present like their downfalls and their L's they're taking. Um, so it's not realistic for you to compare yourself to them. So you always got to remember that everybody's running their own race. Everyone is in their own lane. So you just have to focus on yours and go from there. Like you won't make progress looking at somebody else's highlight reel, trying to catch up to somebody else's spot in the race. Like we're all on our own time. So you really have to just, stay focused on that despite how hard it may be with like all the access we have to seeing other people's highlights. But speaking of highlight tapes, where's yours at? 
You be talking crazy about your. I don't have a highlight tape. Uh, mm. I don't have a highlight tape. Okay. All right. We can make one though. All right. I, I've seen. I've. I've. I've seen. Um. I forgot. I forgot what I saw. On Twitter. Someone's. No, on Instagram. Instagram story. Someone was talking about. Someone added you, and you. They were like, I don't know if they got crossed or they dunked on them or something, and they're like, keep, keep it fit. This is you. You getting dunked on or you getting crossed? I was like, look, see. Well, yeah, but I'm not talking about getting dunked on. But you be talking like, oh, you like nice, nice. I don't think so. I'm not a believer. Beat you at a one on one. I'm not a believer that you don't believe that. I do. I think I'm like that. very confident. Even if I lose, I'm, I told you, if I lose, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need my best of seven. I'll definitely win two games. You'll get swept if you play me. Let's just yeah, keep it right. at that. Yeah, four right. nothing. Unless unless we're talking about like a four court one on one because my aerobic no. capacity is not up there yet. But half court, yeah, yeah, yeah. come on now. Four nothing. All right, whatever. I'm not doing this. Four nothing. Continue. When you come to the East Coast, we'll see. Continue. Uh, number 22, lead with value. <laughs> so give away what you know without expecting something in return. So I have a couple points on this. So number one, don't be a gatekeeper. I think that when people are hoarding information or keeping info to themselves, they feel like it's a way of them getting ahead or knowing more than their competition or other people around you. But in actuality, all it does is keeps you small prevents you from growing, and it keeps people dependent on you. So this could be applied in two different ways. So when it comes to your friends, like I know a lot of people that have friends that don't tell them certain things or don't tell them about certain opportunities. I don't know why, but when you're a gatekeeper of information opportunities from the people around you, you're limiting yourself because if one of your friends wants to succeed, that's helping you level up. Um, And then you also have to understand there's more than enough success to go around somebody else's success doesn't mean that it's your loss especially when it's somebody in your circle then when it comes to um business you want to lead with value you want to give free things free information without expecting things in return without keeping a score um and when you're continuously doing that people become naturally attracted to you they do like you and they naturally want to succeed i think they naturally want you to succeed I think that one is called law of influence or something like that. But the more things you do for people without expecting things in return, the more it's going to come to you. So um, that's what I mean by leading with value in business. Also, I said it keeps hoarding information, keeps people dependent on you. So when it comes to like clients, when it comes to physical therapy clients or just like clients that are trying to improve upon their health and fitness, you don't want to hoard information and keep people um, dependent on you because you want to give them the tools for them to be more self-sufficient, for them to like learn things on their own. I always say like you don't have to work with the coach for a long period of time. It could be like a two or three month period. You learn what you need and then you go off and be successful on your own. Um, you may think that you're um, doing yourself a service by keeping customers relying on you but it just makes your job harder when you can just set them up to succeed and then that's going to naturally make them want to work with you for longer because they know you're not doing it to, to keep them like paying you you know what I mean I think that I think 
that work it works better that way you're also making people more self-sufficient which is better for the society as a whole um and then also if you want to scale your business or like grow something and you're gatekeeping information you're going to be the only one that knows how to do something like you're making it hard for yourself yourself to grow because now you're having to do all the small tasks instead of focusing on the more complex things so there was a quote that said um when you're the only one who knows how to wash the dishes, you always get asked to wash the dishes. So if you're spending all your time doing the dishes, doing something that somebody else could do, you don't have time for more complex tasks. You don't have time to really put your energy where it needs to be most. So that goes with like finding who knows how to do something or teaching somebody to do it so that it can free up your time and not having people be dependent on you. For sure. I think that giving people the independence or the self-sufficiency to learn new things or to be more independent, then I think also just allows them to be able to help somebody else. So it's like a, it's like a, I don't know if, if not, it's like a loop of you help them, they help somebody else and that person can help the next person. It just, you can't change everybody, but by helping more people, you can help impact potentially more people then you'll be able to do one-on-one or, you know, so I, I like that a lot. Uh, lesson number 23, hard work is not more important than persistence. I think hard work is important, but I think being persistent with your hard work is more important because there's tons of people that are going to be smarter than you, better at you, better at what you do than you and have more money, more everything. Anything you could think of, there's always going to be an area where you can't compete with someone else no matter how hard you try. But those same people, if you don't, if they don't have as much persistence as you, you're always going to beat them in the race. You're always going to get further than them. So instead of trying to like work hard for short, short periods of time, you just want to work hard longer than the people who are better than you. Because I think personally, there's a lot of, there's a lot of PTs that are better than me, but they don't have my vision. They also aren't going to like keep failing at something longer than I am. And that's just what's going to set you apart from, from other people. And I think once you realize that, you're like, it doesn't even matter. Like, like nothing, nothing even matters. Right. Like the skills don't really matter much. It's more so just a, a game you're playing, a game of time. And you got to be able to stay in the game long enough to be able to, to, so you got to be able to play by the rules long enough to be able to play the game. Exactly. Um, and I feel like with the business stuff, like there's so many L's people are taking and they would just get discouraged despite how good they are at the skill. And that just prevents them from getting out of you. Lesson number 24, the blueprint for what you want to do is already out there. You just have to put your own twist on it. So, mm no ideas are actually new like i can't think of any idea right now that's actually original it's more so an idea that was already out there and somebody like put their own variation on it put their own twist on it like everybody's doing the same thing like if you really want to know how to do something you can find somebody that has done it learn from them use that blueprint and put your own spin on it and be successful so instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, just find a blueprint and like tailor it to like how you see fit. And I think it'll like 
expedite the time that you spend on something and it'll um kind of be kind of foolproof because if it's already done and you do it like what's really stopping you from being successful with it it's kind of like what you're again being being yourself and there's, there's only one you that's what makes you unique there's one key there's one man you bring things to the table that i don't bring i have different skills that you bring but you have you're you're able to take things from other people like you can take stuff from me i take stuff from you and then mold that into your your expertise and to what you're trying to provide so i think i think super important to just remember like who you are and what you bring to the table but don't be afraid to learn from everybody else and see what you can do because you never know who you're going to be able to learn from exactly two more lesson number 25 always play devil's advocate and i think my friends hate this about me because like i would really argue a standpoint that i don't agree with <laughs> I mean, just, just to figure out, like, just to find out, like, a, a new perspective. I think when you do that, like, you're able to think of things that you probably wouldn't have thought of before. Like, you're able to gain a different perspective. And then I think that'll make your decision-making a little more clear. Like, if you were to go to somebody and tell them what you're thinking, and they're, they're playing devil's advocate, they're going to bring up points that you didn't even think of because you're so tunnel vision on your side. So I do think there's a lot of benefit to playing devil's advocate is just sometimes brings up uncomfortable conversations that people probably don't want to address. But I do play devil's advocate a lot. And I think it's um, great for developing ideas and like seeing another point of view. And I forgot what else I was going to say, but definitely play devil's advocate more. Yeah, you do, you do do it a lot. But I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy it. I think it's a good way to, to think about something that you might not think about. So I think sometimes we get so stuck in our thought process and our ways and our biases that it's hard to look at the other side. But I think once you get some context and once you kind of take the time to listen to the other side, then you can, it opens you up to more possibilities of different ways that a problem can be solved or, uh, um, and I, I think the more ways you have a look at a problem, like you said, you have more ways to make sure that the decisions that you're making are heading in the right direction. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a good skill that you have. Number 26, there is no box. So <laughs> I know I always say thinking out the box, but really there is no box. Um, people, I think people tend to put, other people in boxes based off of like I guess their friend group, their profession, their title, their past, but you really aren't in a box unless you put yourself in a box. Like nobody else could put you in a box. I think as um a PT, like it's not ideal or it's not I guess normal or traditional to do a lot of things outside of your field, but as long as you are like confident in what you do and know you put the time in to learn something else, you can't ever be put into just one box unless you let somebody do it. And I think like I'm very prideful about not just being in a box, not being like stuck on one thing. I think there is a lot of importance of um, having your hands in different fields and still being able to succeed.
Um, you don't mm-hmm. have to just focus on focus on one thing. And um, I think that all comes from like all the exposure I've had in my 26 years, soon to be 26 years when this drops. Uh, it'll be 26. It'll be 26 years when this drops. Soon to be. No, well, yes, by, by the will. time this drop, by the time it drops, you will be 26 years old. 26 years. So <laughs> there is no box. I like it. I like it. I like it. When you were uh, coming up with all these, how was it coming up with coming up with these? Was this harder than you thought? Easier than you thought? It was harder than I thought because I realized like I'm very like yeah, how would I describe myself? I'm very like I guess one way of thinking. I'm not one way of thinking, but like I think my kind of my values are like kind of similar. And I realized that with like the people I hang out with, like there's certain there's certain people that would have an opposite list than me and we probably wouldn't get along. Like I realized a lot of a lot of the stuff that I've been saying is I've been saying this for years. And mm-hmm. it was hard because I felt like it's all like kind of the same thing. And I feel like it's very cliche, but at the same time, cliches are very true. They're just simple. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thinking when I was writing this. I'm like, all of this is like, I'm saying the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I did it. I did it just for just for fun. Um, and listening to you, I, I didn't know what yours were going to be, but a lot of the same, a lot of the same core things, principles. Now, obviously, you had some different experiences growing up than I had. So I think we use those to help shape the, the the lessons but i think like the overarching big themes very similar which is why yeah. we get along and why we why this works besides exactly. the fact that you think you can you can beat me at basketball but that's that's just really, your crazy talk i really think i can like no cap <laughs> no for real i really think i can you know i haven't yeah, played ball in a while so um you know i have to prepare a little bit but it'll come back yeah Let's see, but I don't. I've I've been in the lab, so like, there's just levels. Whatever, your legs are little though, so <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that was one of my other lessons. Don't <laughs> don't back down on the court from somebody with little legs. <laughs> uh, look, look. You're just, you're just you're making a lot of assumptions, and it's going to get you. It's, it's what gets you in trouble. You judge it. The image that you have is not correct. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> image is everything. I told you. <laughs> the <laughs> image that you have is wrong. <laughs> it could be wrong. It still plays a role. Yeah, it, it plays, plays a role. A, it plays a role, but it's wrong. <laughs> it plays a role in my confidence. Uh, good, good, and your confidence is going to be shot. Okay. <laughs> all right. Those are those are all my lessons. I gave you twenty six lessons plus the last one about the don't back down from anybody on the court with little legs. You know Catch what? The next one. <laughs> happy happy birthday. Um, y'all go tell Key happy birthday. Um, and if there's any lessons that you resonated with or you um really thought that stuck with you. Let us know. Leave us comments. Leave us a review. Subscribe. Five stars. All that good stuff. Let us know what you're feeling. And um, we really appreciate that. I agree. What Meng said.
Peace. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Lifting for Women Made Simple podcast. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review, and I'll catch you in the next episode.